Hello and welcome to the third in the series of very special episodes of Bonfire Side Chat brought to you by the Souls of Darkness Kickstarter backers. In this episode, Alex Ike of the Blighttown Beacon and I will be discussing our top 10 favorite bosses uh, in the Soulsborne series. Um, I want to give a quick disclaimer. This was recorded with my kind of shitty over the internet recording rig as opposed to um, our fancy Patreon rig since Cole's not on it. Uh, and I also think there might have been an issue with my mic. Uh, when we recorded because uh the sound quality is not up to our usual standards so hopefully you'll forgive me um but yeah thank you very much souls of darkness kickstarter backers and we'll be back next time with me and cole doing bottom 10 bosses some of our landings were desperate adventures we are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence My name is Gary Butterfield. And I am Alex Ike. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat, a very special episode of Bonfireside Chat. As, uh, I continue my series of top and bottom tens uh, in support of the Souls of Darkness Kickstarter. And as you heard, I am joined today by Alex Ike of the Blighttown Beacon. Alex, thank you for joining me. Yeah, no problem. I was going to like have like an awkward silence where Cole would be. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I almost in my head almost just referred to him as a human awkward silence, but that's not. It's just it's not only that mean, but it's also inaccurate. Like, it's like it would have just been uh, like a crime of opportunity. Like when you walk by like a car and there's a the windows rolled down. Yeah, you know I'm Gary. Like, I I, I'm Gary Butterfield. Yeah. Yeah, Cole Ross. <laughs> and and that would be the biggest jerky thing in the world to do. I mean I. I understand the urge to throw a lit cigarette butt into empty cars. It doesn't mean I have to do it. The, um, yeah, so so these, um, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, Cole is actually going to be on the next one of these, but I'm kind of doing these with different guests to get some different voices on the show. Um, in this, uh, So actually, before I get into that, uh, Alex, how, uh, how might people know you online? Um, well, I run the BlighttownBeacon.com, uh, which is... The the best way to describe it is it's like the onion except it's about a video game where a guy dresses like an onion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's real onions onion. It's got so many layers. Yeah, it's it's the yeah. it's another Shrek sequel to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 like a fake news site with stuff uh stuff from the the Soulsborne games. Yeah, uh, and then also some kind of general aggregation of uh of soul stuff as well. Yep. Um, so you'll, you'll kind of see stuff on there, which is it's all uh, it's all real funny. Yeah, like it's good stuff. like recent stuff I did. I had uh, the statue of Velka winning a poker tournament, um, <laughs> and patches using Pokemon Go Pokestops to try and kick people into pits. That which is which is very good and, and very accurate. Yes. The uh, the uh, and the uh, see so and people who listen to this show might remember uh, Alex from the Eldius Keep episode of our Dark Souls Two season. Um, yeah, so, uh, a series, uh, series veteran, series alum. Um, yeah, so, so we're going to get, we're doing, uh, today we're doing top 10 bosses. Um, I, I did a YouTube of these, but this has been revised with the Bloodborne DLC and Dark Souls 3. Um, and, uh, I haven't done one in this format before, so, uh, we're going to go ahead and, and get into it. And as, as per tradition, um, we allow an honorable mention on here. Uh, Alex, do you have an honorable mention, a number 11 slot? I do, um, and I have to give it to Ceaseless Discharge for two reasons. Okay, is, it, is reason number one Ceaseless and then reason number two Discharge? Actually, no, I just grouped them together okay. for one reason. The first reason is because its name is fucking Ceaseless Discharge. 
<laughs> it is an unending discharge of a man. And and number two is because I've never actually fought this guy fairly, and I think that's perfectly fine because it's the funniest damn thing. Yeah, <laughs> his his, uh, his little goofies, his uh, his his goofy goofy fall. Yeah, it, it's actually one of if you if you fight ceaseless, it's one of the worst fights in Dark Souls One, I think. Like, it is impossible to get a camera on him, and the only real way to beat him is by, like, manipulating this blind spot in the, the, is it in the, the geometry. I think, I think I did that with, like, the, is it, like, the alleyway crevice that you can see? Yeah. That? Yeah, I did that once. Yeah. I ended up killing uh, myself with the life on sight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he's just, uh, he's not very fun to fight because I think you're not meant to fight him. Uh, but he, he is a real sad boy, and it is a real silly thing to have this gigantic majestic creature uh literally fall into a pit because he can't hold on. Yeah, he pokes Also, how is he how is he falling? Like how far is he falling because he's standing on the ground. There I guess it's that big pit area between It's it's like, uh it's like the uh, I think it's the abyss like waterfall edge that he's yeah. falling off on. Yeah, he actually so he makes he literally makes like kind of a jump to get over to you from there which like a mistake. If you just wait a second, I'll be down there. You know, you can just stomp on. I me. mean, it's pretty fair. We did steal his clothes. We did take his. You're never going to fit into those, buddy. Yeah. Like no, no matter how much you diet, like those aspirational clothing. That's an unhealthy thing. You should stop. Yeah. I mean, it's your sister's clothing. clothes, so. <laughs> you get some. What fantasies some, do you have? Some Code Veronica shit. Yeah. Uh, going on there. Uh, my honorable mention is uh, the Dark Lurker from uh, Dark Souls Two. Um, which is a, a fight I actually love. It's my, you know, my favorite actual fight in Dark Souls 2, uh, other than some of the stuff in the DLC. But it is, uh, the fact that there's no, you know, I'm looking at these hil- holistically. So, you know, hilarity and or story and personality and kind of the, the story of these bosses also counts. And the fact that this guy is just kind of in a void, you know, he, there's nothing to him. Yeah. Uh, is, is the reason why he ends up in the honorable mention. I still wanted to mention him because he's great. Yeah, it's a, it's a great this. fight. I always just found it. I found it weird because it's like you're in that kind of like abyss chasm dungeon setup, and then you get to his boss room, and it's like this very well lit cave. Yeah, yeah, it, it feels pretty. It feels kind of arbitrary. Yeah, a little bit. Like we had to have a boss here, and you know, again, mechanically, I think it's very strong. It's just not. There's nothing to his personality or, or backstory. Yeah. There's not enough information on the Dark Lurker. It's a, it's a fantastic fight. It's, it's super good. Like I, I really, really, it's my favorite. Uh, just as a pure fight, my favorite caster fight in the game. Or in the series, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, so, very, very good. Uh, who who do you have for number 10, Alex? Um, sticking nearby in Dark Souls 1, I have the Gaping Dragon. Hmm. Uh, mainly because, uh, one, its intro video is fantastic. Just creeping mm-hmm. up over the edge, and you think it's going to be this tiny thing, and then it's, oh, shit. Um, mm-hmm. But mainly, I feel like it's one of the few... Uh, large boss fights that they do very well in the series. Ninety percent mm-hmm. of the time they're shit, and then ten percent of the time they're the gaping dragon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can almost always. Uh, there's only the big problem with the uh, the giant bosses uh, in Souls is that you can't get a good vision of uh, of them, um, seeing all of them, being able to see their tells and stuff. But the nice thing about the gaping dragon is that like it kind of allows you to keep that middle distance where you can keep most of them on your camera. Yeah, and the and the environment that you're in is just ridiculously huge. Yeah. Yeah, there's no there's no getting caught on geometry and you can kind of uh when he does actually fly up, which is the one time he'll get off of your screen, 
that's just your signal to, to run in a direction. Yeah. You know, and so it doesn't end up, you don't get punished for it. So it ends up being a, kind of an easy boss, but it's not hard because of bullshit reasons, which would be the other the other direction they could take it. So and you, yeah, I like that. And you can like get and you can get his tail, which I mean, any boss where you can cut off the tail and get a get a weapon for it is always a plus. Oh yeah, like you get a weapon and you take away some functionality from the boss. Yeah. So it's it's double cool. Unlike sin, fuck sin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that, that was exactly. the most depressing thing. Just yes, yes. I got the tail. Wait, did nothing? Uh, nothing? Oh. Yeah. Uh, I, the hardest I've ever, like, the most times I feel like I've died on a boss was me trying to get uh, Seath's tail. Oh, my God, uh, yes. Which I, I find Seath's tail to be, maybe not the most times I've died on a boss, but, like, I've died a lot of times trying to get Seath's tail, it, it, uh, which it's is almost, frustrating. Yeah, it's almost mandatory to have another player for that. Yeah. Uh, and it was on a sorcery build, so I was, like, just firing soul spears at it. Yeah, that's not uh, going to happen anytime. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it did not, uh, it was not, did not go well. Uh, my number ten is the uh, the two princes from Dark Souls three. Uh, the Super Lothric brothers. Yeah, the Super Lothric brothers. Uh, one, two, the princes. Well, one of them kneels before you. Um, the uh, yeah. So these guys, I really like this fight. Uh, formerly, this was my favorite Dark Souls three fight, and then with thinking and that holistic uh, nature, another one has kind of taken over. But it is. Uh, I love these guys. Um, I think this is a really good fight. I think that the the, the cool thing is you don't. Um, the fact that the older brother teleports around doesn't actually change what you do that much. Um, you're still kind of reacting to visual stimulus, and as soon as you see him disappear, you need to roll to get out of the way of his attack in in most cases. Um, but it just feels very different. Like, it makes him feel much trickier. And then as, a, like, a two-phase boss fight, the best, uh, you know, two-phase, multiple-phase boss fights I get pretty sick of in general. But the, uh, you, the Gunder. Way, yeah. <laughs> Um, or, I mean, even like Soul of Cinder, like it's just, oh, you're going to just refill your health? All right. Um, it's kind of a bummer. But this guy, it's nice because the best ones uh, build on the previous phase really organically. So literally, here, like, literally. It, yeah. Exactly. Like uh, the same way a Lego builds on a uh, slightly uh, bigger Lego they can't walk. Um, it is, uh, it's just, it, they, he never loses any moves. He just adds moves uh, to it. But all of your other verbs are still like, super important your instincts as far as like getting out of the way when he teleports uh if you roll when he teleports whether he's going to do magic or attack you you've you've either started rolling which you need to do to get rid of the little magic missiles uh or you've rolled out of the way of his attack so your instincts are still serving you uh even though they're just kind of scaled up um so and we'll see that in one of the, another boss fight that's like much higher on the list too that i think does that really well yeah um yeah that's and i like the story behind these guys like i don't there's not quite enough like i the Lothric side of Dark Souls 3 does feel weirdly unfinished to me as a, as a story. Like, And we talked about this in the most recent episode of the mainline show that we recorded, but mm-hmm. how so much of the game uh, concentrates on Sullivan and, and Aldrich. Uh, and then it's like, oh, okay, wait, let's go back to this. Yeah. You know, so it, I, there's not a lot of story focus on it. Yeah, I think it's... Um, I really hope Vadi is right with the DLC being Londor and the Angels of Lothric. Yeah, because that would fill in so many. Um, it would just make everything just a lot more fleshed out. Yeah, I, I think that Londor is a really safe bet. I think that the Angels of Lothric one is like a semi-safe bet. Like I think some of it will be related, but I don't know exactly where we'll end up going. I just want to fight Guinevere. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that's a little checkbox I want checked. Eh. 
Uh, you, you did fight her. You shot her with an arrow. Doesn't um, count. <laughs> yeah, I know. So there's no honor in that. Uh, who who do you have for uh, for number nine? Number nine, I have the firstborn, the nameless king. Ah. Um. I I didn't like this fight initially because it it really fucks with your camera for the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like, I die. it was one of those fights where you die to him so many times that you just get into a rhythm where you know exactly what his moves are, how, what the range is on him, and just how far you need to be away, and what timing is. And it was just, I felt like that was really rewarding when I finally beat the Nameless King, uh, you know, with maybe two health left and no SS flask. That's yeah. the only way you beat him. Yeah. I the, like, he definitely is set up that way. This is like, this is actually uh nameless Kings on my, on my bottom list. Uh, I, I kind of hate this boss fight, but like it, I get, I get what you mean. And there are lots of things to like about it. So like presentation wise, like it has this huge sense of scale, right? Yeah. Um, it, you know, it looks really, really cool. It just does a lot of things that I don't, don't like like that first phase the camera estes tax phase yeah like you know where it's just like this is just here to wear me down before the actual fight and then the actual fight i just wish was tuned a little bit less like aggressively um you know where there's just there's so few opportunities to heal and so many of his like actual uh downtime moments where you can strike um are not um, where it looks like he stops for a second, but then the second you do anything, he, like, instantly charges at you, um, even though he'd previously just, like, wrapped up a combo. Right. Um, usually when he's, like, a, you know, like, six feet away from you or eight feet away from you. Um, so eventually, like, I've, I soloed all the bosses in Dark Souls 3, and the only time, I, the time I did it, I'm like, I'm never doing that again. Uh, like, that was really frustrating. This took a thousand tries. Yeah. And just, you know, and then I ended up running out of embers because I was doing it for the health buff. Oh, right. And then that introduces grinding, and, like, it just got really frustrating. But I will say that uh, I think he's really fun to fight co-op, and he might be one of those bosses that I feel like is kind of balanced for such. Yeah, like, doing, uh, um, he's really rewarding if you can, it, it, it's like, I feel like he's a lesser Artorius when you get to that mm-hmm. second half of the fight. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's like you you don't have much room for errors, so when you actually get it right, and you beat him, it's it's that much more rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. plus, dying to him so many times, I, I found out, like, the very few windows of, oh, shit, I should probably heal now. This is this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Yeah. It's 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 very, very rare. I think that, like, it's, it's just a matter with him, for me, of, like, sliders. Like, if you, you know, just, like, turning down his aggression 10% or turning down his stamina, like, 10% would have made a big difference for me. Yeah, because doing the fight um, co-op is literally get him to, well, I mean, much like most bosses in Dark Souls 3, if you do co-op, it's get them to face one guy so you can bitch slap them in the ass, and then they'll turn around yeah. and face you, and they'll bitch slap them in the ass. Yeah, you just kind of take turns uh, drawing aggro. Yeah. Yeah. the uh, And then, like, I guess, like, the other reason why... This guy's frustrating, and I'll talk about that more in the episode with the bottom things, just for me. Uh, it's just the, the kind of holistic thing. Like, this story ended up being, like, a weird... The two, the two like, big NPC lore things I ended up really latching on to not liking in Dark Souls 3 uh, were kind of end up being symbo- symbolic of, like, bigger things. So it's, like, Sigurd, which I don't like, and I've talked about it a lot on the record of why I don't like Sigurd. Right. But 
Nameless King, where it's like the lore in Dark Souls 3, and I keep saying this, but it's either 40% spelled out or 100% spelled out. Yeah. So, like, the Nameless King stuff is so complete. Like, I resisted it for a little while, and then, like, looked at it, I was like, oh, no, this is clearly the case. This is Gwyn's Firstborn. Regardless of whether I like that that's true, um, it is, the fact that it's so undeniably true just means that my YouTube feed is cluttered up with, like, 12 different people doing a Nameless King lore video. Like, it's, it doesn't even qualify as lore anymore. It's not subtext. Like, it's just text. Yeah. You know, it's it's a little bit too too spelled out. Without actually, like, it's spelled out 100% and being kind of under-motivated because we still don't know what the initial why he betrayed, you know, Gwen, like, why, what the actual story is. The right. interesting part isn't there. It's just kind of, you know, something about having everything spelled out makes the part that we don't have, like, the 5% we don't have spelled out feel worse. Plus, I feel, plus, like, the only bad thing, uh, really that I got from the lore is just the kind of big F you to the entire community where it's just like, this is the real firstborn Solaire is soup. Yeah, I, <laughs> exactly. Like, fuck you for liking him. I resented putting him in every game. Yeah. You know, why did this become the meme? Why aren't people walking around with big hat Logan shirts? You know? And, and it just, uh, there is that, there is an element of just kind of like, it's kind of playful, but it also, like, I, you know, I know, like, most people I know who really love the Nameless King as a lore uh, thing really hated the Solaris Firstborn story. And, like, I, I felt a little bit media. I, I believed it. Like, I thought, like, Solaris was definitely the Firstborn. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the community effort of it. But I also, it still felt like a 70% lore theory where I was like, there's room for other stuff here. And that I kind of liked that. Uh, and this kind of, like, stomps on that. But as far as, like, even just as far as a fight goes, like, I do have fun with this co-op, and it's really fun to help, and it is a, a jump-in-place co-op, because people are always looking for help with this guy. Yeah. Um, my number nine is uh, Sir Alon from uh, Dark Souls uh, the Ivory King DLC, um, which is, uh, flavor-wise, like, I love this idea of, like, a character or a boss having the sense of honor. Like, I love the, you know, the fact that he will kill himself if you don't take a you know, if you don't take a hit. Still haven't been able to do it. <laughs> it's, it's it's really, really hard. I did it uh, the second time through. Wow. <laughs> uh, through the thing. It's 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 pretty tricky. Um, but he's not, like, he's not that difficult of a boss. Like, that's not the point of him. So the, he's made so you can kind of see this Easter egg. Uh, but I, I really love that Easter egg. He's in this very big, beautiful arena that is uh, a reference to the, the King Alot fight, which is one of my favorite arenas mm-hmm. in, uh, in the series. And he's just, he's one of these classic, like, duels that I think really works. You know, you learn his moveset. He doesn't have an infinite number of moves. He doesn't switch into a second phase where he grows a second head or some shit like that. Like, he's just, you know, learn learn the move, moves and duel him on even ground. Yeah. Uh, and I really like boss fights like that. Um, and we'll see a couple of them in this uh, in this list for me. Oh, me, um, me too. <laughs> Wait till yeah. we get to the top five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, who uh, Who's your number eight? Uh, my number eight, dipping into Bloodborne, uh, Queen Yarnum. Queen Yarnum, that's that's real good. Uh, I love this fight. Um, I love the symbolism. I love the copious amounts of blood everywhere, and the fact that uh, a screaming baby is enough to paralyze me. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> this fight just fucks with you, and it's great. Yeah, that, that's a that's a, a real real great uh, fight, and did not. Uh, end up on my list, but it was super close. I like it was like my number twelve, and then it was like 
I actually probably like that fight as much as Dark Lurker, mm-hmm. but wanted to make the point of, like, this is what a boss fight is like if you... The, like, if something is purely a good fight and has no story behind it, like, that kind of gets a little bit of a ding. Yeah. And wanted to talk about that. But I, I love the Queen Yarnum fight. Yeah, Queen Yarnum fight's great. Everything leading up to the Queen Yarnum fight can go die in the, like, lowest pits <laughs> of hell. I swear yeah. to God, the Chalice Dungeons are... Satan. <laughs> it, it, that's part of it, too, and that's, again, like, that lore part, where it's like, yes, the city's named after Yarnum, and there's a lot... The Yarnum does kind of put together uh, the, the Murgo things. Like, it does, like, add, you know, kind of fix up that aspect of the lore. Mm-hmm. At that point, it felt a little bit like the game had, had like, not moved past it, but, like, was concentrating on different stuff. Yeah. You know, like, uh, oh, it's like, oh, like, there is this nightmare, and then when the DLC is introduced, and we get this idea of cause, um, that I just, I, I think is generally stronger than the Thumerian stuff. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, so, like, but the the actual fight is amazing, and I hate that so many people are not going to get it, because to get through it, you have to get through the Defiled Watchdog, and, like, huh. you know, I actually, you know, it's like, what a high bar. <laughs> like I actually yeah. had more problem with um, Cursed, Defiled, uh, Amygdala. Yeah, yeah. I I cheese the shit out of that. There's like a there's a strategy Back where you leg. can just kind of yeah the you run to the same place every time and yep. you can always just hit it with a certain weapon. And I just I did and it was like oh this is not this is not fun. Um, I hate that fight too. Yeah, I, like I, think, I, I mean I hate all I think of it. I did it using the executioner gloves, just spamming that magic over and over mm-hmm. again, and then just stabbing myself for more bullets. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's a. Yeah, that that whole dungeon shouldn't have been um, a thing. <laughs> yeah, as as see on the last episode that came out with Jeremy, uh, the worst levels chalices took number two, um, just in general. But we we joked about making chalices like all ten of the or me doing that because Jeremy likes the chalices, but doing all ten of them just being different chalice like chalices. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was number the, one uh, on that? Uh, my uh, the uh, boy. Why is the name escaping me? Like the frigid wastes. Oh, the fuck that place, yeah. Snow Zone, yeah, that's my least favorite. Chalices were number two. Um, and chalices, like, take way more time and are actually, like, more bewildering, I guess. You know, because it's like, oh, this is everything I don't like about, or nothing I like from the main game. But that that snowy waste is such a badly designed, unfun area. Just, just so many uh, fuck you reindeers just charging in. Yeah. we, we uh, When the episode comes out, uh, give it a listen, because we did a lot of, like, kind of going back and forth thinking of ways to make it better. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are, that could have been really cool with a couple of real minor tweaks. Um, but it, they did not have them. Whereas like chalices would require a major overhaul to be good. Like they'd have to be authored content. Um, as you know, we were talking about, uh, in the green room kind of before this, like mm-hmm. procedurally generated content doesn't really do it for me. Right. Uh, in general, um, my number eight is, uh, Aldrich from, uh, dark souls three. Okay. Um, who I, uh, I'm, I think I'm kind of in the minority as far as liking the fight. Yep. Uh, we just yeah, <laughs> really hate that fight. Um, I think that I like it, and we, we just talked about this on, on the show, on the episode that just came out, but I think it is because uh, the, the play style he's enforcing is how I play the game, so it felt good to be rewarded for that, which is uh, ultra-cautiously. Like, I, I play Dark Souls games very conservatively. Mm-hmm. Um, even when, even in Bloodborne, even in when I'm doing a no shield run, I don't just charge into a situation. It's like the fun part of me is hanging back, looking at ambush ambush points, like trying to figure out how the game, you know, being cautious is the fun part for me. 
not running in, getting stabbed, and then being like, okay, I'm learning from that. Let's move in and now know that's going to happen. Like, I like right. to try to predict that stuff. Um, and Eldritch uh, wants you to stay away, uh, wants to keep you away from, from him, and really rewards that kind of play. He likes eating alone. Uh, he does. <laughs> he does. He says, Don't watch me eat. Um, the... Uh, and I just, that, that just works. And then the fact that the entirety, like, almost everything I like about the Dark Souls 3 story leads up to him. Yeah. Um, he, does a, he does a fantastic job of, like, having him built up as a figure. You know, you spend the entire first half of the game just like, oh, we're, we're meeting Aldrich. Like, here's his church that he's abandoned. It's a real scum pit. <laughs> here's his, like, keeper and the city they've taken over. Oh, shit, they did it to Anne Orlando. Like, they just, like, everything gets, like, built up and built up. So it's, like, holistically really powerful as a thing. And is it's, like, the kind, that's the experience I wanted from the end boss of Dark Souls 3. Right. And, like, you know, didn't get. Like, this is the culminating... Uh, I've spent all this time having this thing built up, and here it is moment that you get in that game. Uh, and it's weird that it takes place halfway through the game, but but it does. And that is why Eldritch is my number eight. I actually, I, I hate a lot of things about Aldrich. Aldrich in Dark Souls 3 was, like, my, the highest amount of, I don't know how I just died, but I died. Mm. Uh, it was Arrows. Uh, it was Arrows maybe one or two times. The rest, like, because... Arrows, eventually, it's just like, oh, shit, he's gonna, yep, I gotta run. And then it's just, you're running for, like, half a minute, which drives me nuts. And that, I usually would die when he would RNG spam the Dark Soul Spear over and over again. And it's like, I'll dodge, I'll dodge, I'll get hit once, and it'll just chain kill me over and over. (laughs) Mm. Even with shield up, because stamina damage on that dark. Yeah, that, that thing's real rough. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and typically, like, typically I don't like things that have one-hit kills, and I never got one-hit kill by the, the Soul Spear thing, um, but the arrows, you know, if you get hit by an arrow, you're, you're, done. you're probably, <laughs> you're pretty, pretty gone. I just, like, found it pretty easy to deal with because the wind-up is so huge. Yeah. You know, it's just about, again, it's about caution and patience because you just can't start fighting him again until, you know, you can't do that when you feel like you can. You have to wait a little bit longer. I think I hate the run-up to Aldrich way more than the actual fight against Aldrich. Yeah, the run-up is not is not super fun either. <laughs> there's there's something like 15 of those little slimes down there. Oh, those... Uh, the, well, I mean, slimes are just to be annoying. It's it's more of the Gatling gun of, uh, like, seriously, what are the what do the deacons have? Like, their range on those things is ridiculous. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge range. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the run up either. Um, what uh, what's your uh, what's your number seven, Al? Uh, don't know how we're gonna talk about this again, but it's Sir Alon. <laughs> oh, th- this happens in these. Yeah. Uh, this happened with me and Allison too. Just if there's anything uh, anything we didn't add, we can we can add it, but we don't have to. Uh, speaking of bad run ups, like Sir Sir Alon has one of the worst run ups uh, in the series, I think. But it the boss fight is good enough to make it you know make it work for me. Yeah, I, I think. I, I didn't have – I remember it being very long and very annoying, but I think it was it was mitigated for me because you can do co-op in that opening room. Yeah. Um, which ended up being fantastic. And even if you couldn't find anybody, there were, like, two NPCs, which would die by the time you got to Sir Alon, but they do most of but, the work. And that's kind of what you want anyway. Like, you want to fight Sir Alon 101. Oh, definitely. Uh, not Sir Alon 101, the, like, college course yeah. for Sir Alon credit. <laughs> um, if you fail, you got to kill you. yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you get an A 
if uh or then your roommate gets an A. Um <laughs> for the rest of the term. The uh yeah, it is uh there's a couple places like that where there's a an NPC summon that's just meant to get you through a tough place. That was something like Dark Souls two was trying to do with the, the small white soapstone. Yeah. Like they wanted to encourage like brief co op runs and it never really took off. Like they didn't have a way to mechanically or mechanically incentivize that. Like people who are gonna co op through the whole game are still gonna co op through the whole game. People are gonna you know, not you know, only co-op on bosses are still going to do that, and people aren't going to co-op at all. Are still, you know, they couldn't really find a way to make that work. Besides, I mean, why wouldn't you get the white soapstone for mild-mannered Pate? He's so mild-mannered. There's nothing wrong with him. He, he's also like right there. I know. Like you get it like right after you get the small one. So well, the small one was a, pretty hidden. If I yeah, because most it, people don't realize. Oh, I can break that door. It's more. It's it's definitely more hidden. Yeah. Um. I but it's. It, I guess I guess like one of them is like you have to get you know, fall for that trap and then come back and talk to him again. Like, they're both, neither of them are hidden by Dark Souls standards, but it's just, you do get them really in close succession. Yeah. That succession at the very least. Um, my uh, number seven is uh, the Ivory King, the Burnt Ivory King from uh, Dark Souls 2, which is one of my favorite, like, set piece moments in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, jumping down there with a full host of summons and a full host of NPC knights to do a gigantic brawl. Um, the game, the series has never done anything like that before. Like, this is a unique boss fight. Uh, and that's one of the things I love about the Dark Souls 2 DLCs is that they were trying kind of new things, uh, with, with some of the bosses here. Yeah, the Dark Souls 2 DLCs, I feel, were stronger than the actual game. Oh, yeah. Like, that, that's a pretty common, like, I, I agree. Like, most people, I think, think that. I think the Dark Souls 2 DLCs, if they were judged on their own, are, like, up there. Like, they're... You know, maybe my favorite non-Dark Souls 1 content. Yeah. Uh, just, the, you know, the DLCs rather than looking at the whole thing. Because they're so strong. Um, and this is such a good culmination. I love how it plays into the rest of the level. Um, you know, you're rewarded for exploring this area, for going back after the ice has changed and and really poking every corner. And your reward, like, you don't need to get all four of the, uh, the Frog Knights. Yeah. Uh, you know, but your reward is this, like, awesome feeling of empowerment, of bringing, you know... Here's eight total people down here on my side. Yeah. You know, here's here's, a, here's my gang. Like I'm rolling deep on this, and then just that it's really metal as shit. Like falling through the, you know, jumping into an endless pit and falling into the old chaos, uh, which is so cool looking. Oh yeah, in the um, in the total Mordor like Sauron like entrance of the burnt ivory king. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's it's it's, it's good. Like. It's 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 high quality. If, if I think. the skeleton lords didn't exist, this would easily get the most metal opening. <laughs> Absolutely, and this is a, you know in in a series with like the executioner's chariot, you know, as like a, a thing. Like every in, in a series known for like heavy metal album cover bosses, like this is so so perfectly composed as a heavy metal album cover. And and even story wise, like I like the Ivor King. There's not that much there, but I like the idea that you're fighting it's a really similar to Artorias, where you're fighting somebody who is fundamentally good, who has sacrificed their sanity uh to kind of seal something away. Yeah. You know, you know, I mean Artorias wasn't successful in that, like you go actually go and do the job, but that's uh you're fighting somebody who went to go do something good and was corrupted by it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's uh that's resonant and cool. So yeah, what uh, what do you have for uh? Are you still we're number six now, right? Yeah, I think we're both on yes. six. Yeah, what's what's your number six, Al? Dancer of the Boreal Valley. Ooh, yeah. Um, it's it's one of the like, it seems like just a very generic fight, but the fact that it's a dancer makes the fight seem like no matter what, it's always in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Which is fantastic. 
Um, and the fact that you can beat her immediately if you want. Mm-hmm. Don't do it, but if you want, <laughs> you can totally do it. <laughs> um, it's actually a huge power buff if you do that. Oh, I, um, I mean, I've done it. Like, it's, it's all, yeah, so you gain like 12 levels. It's, it's, it's really, really hard. Um, there's that trick where you can summon the, uh, the master. I, uh, I did that once just to, like, there's no way that this is gonna, oh, it does work. Yeah. But, um, they patched it. Oh, did they? Yeah. Ah. Oh. Bummer. Um. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I, I'm fine waiting to, <laughs> waiting to fight yeah. there until after. Plus, it's just, it's so satisfying to just kill Emma. It's like, you are so useless as an NPC. <laughs> give me your, yeah. give me your basin of vows and let's just get this yeah. fucking over with. <laughs> Uh, I, this fight is not on my list, but I love this fight. This is in my, like, you know, my favorite fights in, in Dark Souls 3. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that slow motion kind of underwater feel to it is so contrary to, uh, the kind of percussive nature of, of most boss fights. Right. You know, like, there's so little sense of impact to anything the dancer does. Like, it doesn't even look like it hurts, you know, when you get hit. Yeah, like, when, uh, when she does the spin to win, it's just like, Wow, this is really pretty. I want to watch. Oh god. Oh shit. Oh fuck. Oh yeah. god. Damn it. <laughs> it's it's like fighting a beautiful flower. Yeah. Like it, it it's really really good. I love this boss it's fight. Undertale before Undertale goes fucking berserk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It is. Uh, she's flowy. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I, I love that boss fight. That's very good. Mm-hmm. Um. So not on my list, but agreed. Uh. My number six. Uh. Is Gwyn. Uh. From from Dark Souls one. Um, which, uh, you know, talked about a lot on the show, why I love this boss fight. Like, it is a real perfect culmination of mechanics and theme and presentation. You know, like, you, you come in, uh, we've had Gwyn built up to this, this kind of great lord, but we know that he's on hard times, he's barely keeping control of his kingdom, and Orlando is an illusion. Uh, you get here, and the music is... You know, I love it. Perfect. <laughs> uh, you know, it's perfect. It's, it's, you know, really sad, really anticlimactic. The arena is this kind of just washed out, uh, ember, you know, mm-hmm. kind of colored campfire. And then mechanically, he's, you know, pretty aggressive and still is kind of fighting, but like, people hate this boss fight because you can parry him because there are some people who play these games, literally the only thing they want is just like climbing a mountain. You know, I just, oh, I want to be able to say I beat the hardest fucking thing in the world. And that's why Nameless King is there for you. You know, like, that's, yeah, go, go, go to Gwen's son. That's what, that, that's what that's for. This is for, uh, or, or, you know, um, uh, Ludwig the, or not Ludwig the Accursed, uh, Lawrence. Maybe it is like, uh, Lawrence or, or Ludwig, like, uh, the, um, you know, the, the Headless Beast. You know, there are, there are, the Bloodborne's there for you. If you just want to have, like, I've done the hardest thing in the world. This is trying to do something more than that. And the fact that you can fight this guy and kill him with the same tactics you've used on regular enemies uh, through pairing him is a huge bonus, not a negative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's supposed to be a little bit easier than, you, than you'd expect. Like, this game is too good and artful to have just, like, a ramp as its structure. It, that was Orange and Snow. That was the super hard boss fight. Everything after that is kind of like a denouement. Yeah, and, 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 and like, story-wise, it works, because he's not at the top of his game. He's kind of... Yeah. He's at the bottom of his yeah. game. Like you're, 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 you're mercy killing him. Like you're putting, uh, you're, he's just been like, and it's also, it's really important to see what linking the fire does to you. So it's, it's giving you so much information in just a boss fight. So, you know, I mean, Hey, this is what this guy did. If I decide to kind of rekindle this, like, yeah, you create sequels. 
Yeah, the sequel machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I pull the lever on the sequel machine, it's going to hurt, you know. Uh, I'm going to turn into this kind of pathetic wretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is that is why Gwen is my number six. Love Gwen. Um, who, do, who do you got for uh, for number five, Alex? For number five, keeping with the theme of the last one, I have Smorio. I have Ornstein and Smo. <laughs> I mean, what can I what can I say that's not already been said? It's 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 Ornstein and Smo. They're just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, they're they is they are fantastic. Um, I love that boss fight. Like it's it was, it's obviously designed for co op. Um, they are mean kings. Like you can't go on the internet and talk and like search Dark Souls without seeing some kind of funny Ornstein and Smo thing because they're just awesome. They're an awesome buddy cop duo. Um, <laughs> Yeah. It's just it's turning on Hooch of yeah of Dark Souls. Um, who do, who would you kill? Do you kill uh, Smo first or Ornstein? Oh, I I kill Ornstein first. I have a way easier time dealing with Super Smo than Super Ornstein. Yeah, even though because um, uh, Ornstein you get the ring as well. Yeah, yeah. Which the ring is is you know inarguably better than the the nothing you get. I mean, I guess the armor you can you can get, but the um you know the nothing you really get from killing Smo last, but it's just way easier for me. I've only killed Super Ernstein a couple of times. Yeah. Um, I I don't know like I don't know what it is about him that I find uh, significantly harder. I mean, the first phase is obviously the hardest thing. Yeah, he's just both he's them. just a lot more like Super Ernstein is just way more aggressive, and you just have to worry about the fat fuck just doing the jump and then the slam and then the light. Yeah. And it's like that's when you get the timing down. It's it's no problem, but Ornstein's just oh shit, oh shit, oh 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 shit. Yeah. He's, oh, I'm stabbed. The uh, the I fought these guys with um my my soul level one run, uh, which was really really excruciating and and annoying to do. I did too. Um, it's a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's a lot of crossbow, like running away and using crossbows is what I did. Pyromancy. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, but that stuff runs out. It's uh, I do that too, but it's like it, it's it doesn't uh, it didn't last for me. Um, it's it's very really really hard. These guys are on my list too in in a little bit, so mm-hmm. I will save a little bit of, of thunder for them. Uh, but I, I also love that boss fight. Uh, my number five uh, boss fight, very similar to my number six, I guess, is Maiden Astrea from uh, Demon Souls, which is again uh, not about challenge, but is uh, purposely not about challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the dialogue and music when you come in here is as good as the Gwyn uh, presentation, I think. You know, like going into this pit where people are worshiping her, and just that like hurt tone. Like, there's nothing for you to take here. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, when that, and that's always been kind of a, a subtext of all of the Soulsborne games. Like, you run into it with Bloodborne too. Like, oh, maybe we're the beast. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I think it's strongest in Demon Souls. Like in in Demon Souls, I think is when they really leaned into that. Like, oh, you're doing the thing that you're trying to fight. Like, you're killing things and just taking on souls and growing more powerful and becoming a monster. You know, mm-hmm. um, and and I think Demon Souls out of all the entries in the series does the best job of muddying that up, and the kind of climax of that theme of this being not cut and dry is with the the main Estrella, uh boss fight, mm-hmm. um, where after you fight like somebody who's no harder than a regular NPC, you literally go kill a nearly helpless woman. <laughs> uh, you know, plus there's poison swamp demon babies. I it's on there the are list. a lot of. <laughs> There are a poison swamp demon babies there, um, which are which are great and also uh, probably animated aborted fetuses, you know, aborted babies or babies that have just been sacrificed to the swamp. We, we live through like Bloodborne. It, it's this is it's, nothing to us. 
it, it's it's a dark time. It's uh that stuff was was going on early on. Yeah. So, I uh, made Nestray as my lady. I love that uh, that boss fight. I love how uh, when I watch uh, Dave Klein's videos, how that music ends up in every one of his videos. Oh, yeah. Like you know, he uses it in just about all of them, and it's like good. You should because it's you know really really excellent music. Mm-hmm. What are you what are you going to use? Like oh, you know, you're not going to use any other boss fight music. It's not atmospheric. You got to use uh got to go back to like King's Shield Four and Demon Souls for the atmospheric shit. Oh, is it a sad moment? Shit, I got to use Gwyn again. Yeah. Exactly. It's the only it's my only option. It's Gwyn dot wave. Um and then if it's haunting it's you know, it's uh, uh Gwendolyn dot wave and then that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um who is your number four? Number four is also from Demon Souls and it is the old monk. Oh, fantastic. Because, that is also on my list. Yeah, this one is just for innovation 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 purposes because mm-hmm. like 2009, and you have a boss fight where another player can come in and be the boss. That's fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it, it sucks that like a lot of people who are playing... I, I can't remember if the Demon Souls servers are still... If there's co-op activated. I, I played offline because I had my PS3 last time I played it, but it sucks that this is an experience that people are going to lose. Like, you're never going to get summoned as the Mirror Squire, you know, right. at some point, and you're never going to get summoned as the, the, uh, the Old Monk. Because uh, that's so fucking cool. Uh, plus, the, yeah, I love it. Plus, uh, the main thing for me is you get there, and if that cutscene doesn't happen, it's like, okay, this is going to be an easy fight. I'm going to be fighting the NPC version of this guy. No problem. Mm-hmm. And then you're halfway up the stairs defeating the little Cthulhu d- douchebags, and then all of a sudden, the cutscene happens. Yeah. And it's like, oh, <laughs> this, this moment of, of dread, yeah. And it, it's so, it's cool how variable it can be. Like, it's either, like, one of the easiest boss fights in the game or one of the hardest. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, kind of just depending on, on how active people are. I love uh, I love that boss fight. I mean, I guess, like, because it's, it's on my list uh, as well coming up. Um, but I love how, even if it wasn't for this multiplayer thing, the presentation is so good. Yeah. Like, the fact that the monk is not the character, it's actually the head wrap, and all the chairs piled up. Like, it's so good. I mean, it's so good. Yeah, plus that reward for getting, uh, like, being the boss, and you get the yellow penis hat. And yeah. it stays with you for the whole series. I, there's nothing better. <laughs> um, and it's, it's mechanically, like, really strong. So, like, Until for Dark opting Souls 3. Into, <laughs> it, well, exactly. And then, you know. But uh, it, in the first one, it's like 30% magic damage or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's something unreasonable. Um, and you, you just, uh, you're rewarded for playing into the game that the developers want you to, to play. So that's so good. Yeah. Old Bunk is the reason that, uh, magic in the rest of the series sucks. Yeah, exactly. We have to, we have to nerf this. Yeah. Cause Demon Souls was, oh, Demon Souls was already ridiculous. It's, it's, it's true. Then you get the 30% uh, yeah. bonus on top of that and it's like, holy shit. Yeah. You could just, you could just steamroll it. But like, I loved how, I love that in the first two games where you could do that because it just became a choice. Like, if you want to do that, like, go for it. Right. But if not, you know, don't. Like, I like a player control difficulty as a it's, – it's more collaborative than adversarial, which is what it feels like now where there's just kind of one way to play with a – you know, it seems like there's more than one way to play. And there's there's more than one. But with Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3, there are way fewer ways to play because Reasons. it's hard and they took away systems. Yeah. Um, my my number four is uh, Ornstein and Smell. Um so I don't uh, don't have too much more to add about that, other than that it is a, uh, you know, it's a lot of people's probably favorite boss fight in the series, mm-hmm. um, and for and for good reason. It's also like such a huge uh, difficulty spike, 
Um, it's one of the few boss fights, because if you go back to Dark Souls 1, um, a lot of it's pretty easy if you've been playing the series this whole time. Yeah. Um, this is one of the few times that stands toe-in-toe with, like, the hardest shit it's just, in the series. It's, it's, I think it's just the location, where it's at in the game. It's just so iconic yeah. with the series now. It's like, yeah. oh, Dark Souls 1, Ornstein and Smell. Just immediately. Yeah. Um, plus, I feel like every boss that leads up to Ornstein and Smo is kind of a cakewalk, especially right before when the only thing that you're truly worried about with the Iron Golem is if he's going to accidentally knock you off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- this is the real test. Like, if that's supposed to be the test, this is actually... Right. Kind of thing. And I love that once um, Dark and Orlando gets introduced to this, where you start having to question, like, whether this is actually even real, too. I end up, like, really liking that kind of that lore lit. Yeah, kind of just, you know? even though, even though we only talk, we only talk in hush whispers about the old Dragon Slayer in Dark Souls yeah. 2. <laughs> um, but just the fact that his lore just, like, especially Ornstein, fuck small, um, Ornstein's lore <laughs> just keeps growing as the series goes on, which makes his appear, his, like, only true signature appearance in the first game just so much better. Yeah, this is like the canon, the canon Ornstein. Mm-hmm for me, is, like, what's here. It's, like, oh, there's, like, Gwyn has these four knights. Like, it's really evocative and cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one guy who wants to be one of the knights, but he can't because he's too repulsive. Um, this all this all works wonderfully. He's real, real good. Um, who is your number three? My number three is the Burnt Ivory King. Okay. Um, for some of the many reasons we've already said, uh, just the fact that you're basically an army going against an army. It's mm. fucking awesome. <laughs> Just as as pure spectacle, it's it's probably just the most fun you can have in the series with other players. Yeah, yeah. It is, uh, even after I beat him, like, I posted up there for quite a while just to help people play it. Yeah. Because it was really fun to be part of something that big. And and you're actually rewarded for, like, it's, you, it's, it's one of the few replayable boss fights. Because mm-hmm. you can get, like, the more you fight him, the more you join and do co-op, the more uh, armor and stuff you get as rewards. Yeah, great. You get the, those souls so you can, yeah, uh, and get closer to uh, to Alana, um, her name, I can't remember that, Daughter of Manus, who's associated with that DLC, whose name is escaping me right now. But yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed on all, all points. Uh, my number three is uh, Maria from uh, Bloodborne. Okay. Um, it is uh, it is the only Bloodborne fight that's on my list. Um, there are other good fights on that in that game. Like I like German a lot. I like Kaz. Um, there's a lot of boss fights in that game I really don't like. Um, you know, but a couple things got bumped off my list because of Dark Souls three and stuff. So no Mikolash anymore. Um, I love Mikolash. I love Mikolash. I, I love Mikolash. He, he was in like he was in the ten to fifteen range. Me too. Not for like, being he's, a, he's up there. Yeah, not for but. being a good boss fight, but just being a good sport. <laughs> Yeah, for being a good, for seeming good, for having good taste. Yeah. Uh, but Maria is actually, so I think this is the, the platonic ideal of a Bloodborne fight, uh, for me, is fighting another hunter with some extra abilities that progressively gets more and more, uh, when we talked about, um, different phases building with, with twin, prin- twin princesses, this is, or twin princes, this is the best example of that, I think, where like, all three, three of, uh, Maria's phases, build on the previous ones to where your previous knowledge is not useless. It's just, you have to tweak it a little bit. Like it doesn't feel like totally throwing everything out. It's like, oh, okay. Now that she has a, like a long fire tail to this charge, um, I can no longer dodge behind her. I still need to dodge though. 
the dodge timing is the same. I need to dodge to her side instead. Right. Like, you have to kind of reevaluate without totally rebuilding. Um, and just, like, you know, Maria has amazing kind of lore and story behind her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, figuring out, like, like oh, this kind of reminds me of the, the doll. Wait, wait a minute. You know, that was such an awesome moment. To kind of, like, piece all that together was really, really satisfying. Plus her intro video right before the fight yeah. is haunting. Yeah, it, it's top tier. This arena is amazing. Um, that clock is, like, you know, I don't. I, I wish they would sell, like, reproductions of that clock. It doesn't even have to sell time. Like It could just the, open the, up I, into a fishing hamlet. I'll be okay with yeah, that. Yeah, honestly, I'll just crawl into another dimension. Yeah. I don't I don't want to know what time it is. I just want to get killed by gigantic ogre uh, you know, koi fish, koi ponds. The um, oh, I yeah, on I, my I, list. <laughs> yeah, those fuckers. Fucking um, shark if, demon boss yeah, I, in I, the well are like hundred times harder things. than any boss in the series. Those those things suck. It, it's like the uh, Bloodborne version of the the two beasts in the the well in uh, Dark Souls Three. But anytime you're fighting like two gigantic things that can kill you in one combo, I'm not very happy. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but Maria I am very happy with. And then also her, her fashion game is uh, so on point. Like, it's such a good... Every time i played as a lady character, I've bought that clothing because it looks so good. Yeah. Um, Maria owns. So, way into Maria. That's my number three. Uh, who do you got for number two? Number two is, shocker, Artorius of the Abyss. <laughs> Artorius. So, it, it is, it's kind of interesting because I want to know what your number one is. But, uh, yeah, Artorius of the Abyss. Tell us about, uh, tell us about him. He's hard. He's yeah. very fucking hard. Um, he was like, Artorius is that first moment of this is a duel um, in the series for me. Um, I had a lot of trouble with him doing like a tanky build. And basically Artorius teaches you how to dodge. Mm-hmm. Um I could not beat him for the life of me until I went completely naked and then, did, like, the Nameless King just had no room for error and finally got him. And his moveset is just awesome. Plus, he starts the fight by throwing the corpse of an enemy at you. Yeah. Yeah, it's so feral and cool. Mm-hmm. Like, And there's, there's so many good things uh, about him. I want to save it a little bit because he shows up on my list as well. Mm-hmm. Um, save some of my talk, but I love that that cutscene so much because uh, he's been built up too. It's it's similar to a, to an Aldrich or a Gwyn, where like you've heard about this person so much, and then seeing the actual thing and having it be this kind of twisted version of it, I really really love. And just like Ornstein, I feel like his legacy makes this fight against him in the first game better in the mm. later games, especially like I don't. Like, no one gives Dark Souls 2 credit, but the fact that his sword in Dark Souls 2 is better if you hold it in your left hand, that's, that's great. fucking cool. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, yeah, th- this is this is tops for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess spoiler. Um, I really I really love this boss fight, um, and I'll talk about it a little bit more in just a second. I mean, we can, we, we can just say he's number one considering how high up he is overall on both of our lists. Yeah, yeah, he probably averages I'm, out. Yeah. Um, uh, my my number two, and um, we've also already talked about, which is the old monk. Mm-hmm. Um, I for all the reasons we already talked about, uh, the idea of a sentient rap is uh, is really really appealing to me. This, this demon that kind of like corrupts and stuff, and and you you, know, you go through Latry and you kind of like learn a little bit of the history of it. It's demon souls, so you don't get a full picture, but this i you know you just get this idea of this thing kind of corrupting the king. Yeah. Uh, you know, slowly, and then actually being able to see the ruin of his body. 
Um, you know, the body language is perfect the way, like, when it points, it feels like it looks like a puppet string kind of thing. Like, he kind of, uh, uh, there's a momentum that doesn't feel intentional. Yeah, kind of like, uh, uh, kind of like that cutscene with Logarius. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where it's like, this should uh, not be moving, but it is moving. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it feels animated as opposed to, you know, natural and, um, yeah, and then just like any, this is this is a unreasonably specific IMDb tag, but like I am uh, interested in rooms where something has gone wrong, and the way you can tell is a bunch of chairs are piled up on one wall or something like that. They always look like gravity mistakes to me, like oh, like lo- there's been a localized problem with gravity in this room, or something like that. Like when I go into haunted houses, I've seen it where like chairs are piled up against the corner. There's a couple movies where they do that. Hey, um, he's just but- he's just trying to protect his his like pillow fort that he's made for himself. <laughs> I love that pillow for it, man. Yeah. Gotta get in on that pillow for it. Um, yeah, so Old Monk is my number two. I love that boy. He is, uh, he's good. He's an old boy. He's, he's an old boy. <laughs> very much like, very much an old boy. What, uh, what is your number one? Number one is, it's Lady Maria. <laughs> Lady Maria, yay! <laughs> um, because I love Lady Maria. She's just fucking awesome. That's why I didn't really talk that much when you were going over. <laughs> um, yeah, just, it's the it's that perfect execution of all right we're gonna build the second half of this fight is building on the first and you don't ex- it's like no one expects the Lady Maria no one expects the Spanish Inquisition of we're going to have two boss fights right in a row and you'll have no idea that it's going to happen that way mm-hmm. especially yeah, since I- that first boss fight is complete garbage yeah 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 it is uh. uh- and and just uh, sets an expectation. You're not expecting to get it exactly, and you're not expecting to have the the same kind of thing. Like I kind of that redeems the living failures for me a little bit. Yeah. This idea that they uh, they're set up to kind of fuck with your expectations uh, for Maria, who is uh, you know is sublime and is is the best thing that Bloodborne can do. Like all the best Bloodborne fights, none of them are gigantic monsters. Right. Um, spoiler for my bottom ten list. Like you know this the, the series you, is just, Ludwig. <laughs> looking at you, Ludwig. Fuck you, Abritus. Oh, um, fuck <laughs> Yeah, fuck. I mean, there, there's, there's. My bottom ten has a lot of Bloodborne bosses. I, the more I, the further away I get from Bloodborne, uh, it ends up being like, other than build variety, like the one thing that stops it from being my favorite is that I think so many of the bosses are pretty shitty. Yeah, like, uh, okay, like Bloodborne as a game, I would put in like the bottom tier of Souls games. Bloodborne as, as a thematic concept and just mm-hmm. story. It, it's way above any other thing Miyazaki's ever done. It's so cool. It's really unified. Yeah, it's 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 very very strong, kind of plot and aesthetic wise, um, and and I really 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 love it. It's like it would have benefited a lot, and we I'm sure we talked about this from, but not from being having any souls DNA in it. Right. You know, because like a lot of the parts of it that kind of suck um, are souls holdovers, like some of these like grab attacks, um, you know, that you end up having. Like that feels like a souls thing. Uh, and shouldn't really be there. Um, anyway, the uh, <laughs> Maria is fantastic. Uh, and then my number one is Artorias, which we already talked about, yep. but we're, we're on roughly the same page here, um, where Artorias is, like, getting to the point where, you know, I had that snap moment that everybody loves where, like, you die, you die, you die, and then you almost do it with no without taking damage. Yeah. Because you just know. And I still, like, every time I've gotten to Artorias since then, I can still more or less just have the muscle memory for what the attacks are. Um one of the things I love about Artorias that I don't love about some of the later duels, so things like uh, the Nameless King, is that Artorias uh, has like a manageable number of moves. 
Um, Artorias has like five moves, you know, so you're not memorizing, uh, you're memorizing one set of things. They're very aggressive. They're hard to predict. Um, you know, they're devastating when you get hit, but there's like five of them. Yeah. Like, so it, I think like Nameless King probably only has five moves, but it's like a move that has like a second part to it. So it's like he yeah. slams his he slams his spear down, and then a second later, lightning shoots out from it. And it's like, oh fuck! It reminds me of the way that so Artorias has one of those where he has his uh, somersault move, and you do. There's no way to really tell whether he's going to do it one, two, or three times. There's not a tell. Like, later boss fights feel like they're made of that. Mm-hmm. Like, all of the moves could be a two, three, four, or five hit combo, and there's no tell on what they are. Um, so, and then a lot of times, and this isn't true of Nameless King, but this is true of some of the later fights where that is the case, and then they also have a second phase where their moveset totally changes. Yeah, like... And it's like, it's just more than I want to memorize for, like, a boss fight, Like you know? with, Like, with Artorias, it feels... Like, Artorias is just so aggressive, and... I can't believe I'm saying that as a pro to the fight. Because yeah, yeah. usually it's like, it feels like the dancer fight, except sped mm-hmm. up 200%, where yeah. there, there's, despite how fast and aggressive that fight is, there's still a rhythm to it. And when you get that rhythm, the fight is just so rewarding and just so awesome. There's tons of downtime in the, the Artorias fight. Like, after every, like, whenever he charges, if you dodge out of the way, you have a chance to either get in a quick hit or attack. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you'll throw the abyssal kind of dust behind him. He does that, that thing. But, get, a fuck, get the fuck away from yeah, me, Juice. Even, even just his facial expression or the body language when he does that is so dismissive and, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But he, uh, he'll do that, but that doesn't hurt very much. Like, if you get hit by that, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, there, and if you make it, if you get a distance between him, he allows you to have a long distance between you and him and he'll charge as opposed to uh, duels where the person is just always in your face, you know, like they, they will never get away from you. Um, Artorias, if he dodges, if you dodge out of his way and he charges past you, you can kind of run to the other side of the arena and you have some time to catch up. Right. Um, you know, and like that kind of time to catch up is really important to, in my mind, to souls games, like the rhythm of the combat is having those little brief moments. Like I don't want a, uh, a seven minute, adrenaline rush. Like, I want to have this kind of, like, back and forth, this, like, chess thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's been compared to. And, like, even boss fights I really like, like, Orphan of Kos, which I, I really like, is still a smidge more aggressive than I'd want. Yeah. You know? Like, that, I like that boss fight, but it is very, like, he's just always up in your dick. Yeah, well, that's, you like, know? the and, problem with Bloodborne is the fact that you, the, the game is designed where you always have to be up in the dick of things that want to be up in your dick. <laughs> Everyone's getting into each other. It's like a sounding party, uh, the likes of which the world has never seen. Like, is, uh, there's there's just a lot of getting up and dick. And like I like to have a variety. Have, of well, them. have you seen Sausage Party yet? I, I have not seen that. Is that about getting up and dicks? Well, when you get to the end of the movie, you'll if you ever see it, the end of the movie, you'll be like, oh, that's what Alex was talking about. Oh, <laughs> I kind of I had like no interest in that, and then. Uh, I read about it, and everyone was like, oh, it's it's a, this weird movie about religion. It is. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Well, I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, non sequitur. Like, um, it's an interesting movie because it it's, think if, like, all of the problems that are currently, like, affecting the world, like, the black and white cops situation, and, like, the election, and crazy religious people and stuff like all of like just you know the things going on in america right now because our country rules uh Mm -hmm. 
they put that in this movie, but then you realize, oh shit, this was written by Seth Rogen. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's the subject matter is good, and it's just not going to be treated with the kind of, uh, you know, the respect that you want. Well, I mean, to a point, to like some extent, it does. Like, they they do a good job with it. It's just, it's kind of hard to take anything seriously when it's followed by like, fuck being said fifteen times in a fart joke. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I gotcha. I uh, I gotcha. So yeah, I, I, it's possible I'll see it. Yeah, it's 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 like a. It feels like it would be the kind of thing I would watch on an airplane if they would show it on an airplane. Like I, I would want to watch it. When they I'm will like, not. Oh yeah. I I, I I really doubt it. So we'll see. Maybe maybe at some point I will I will end up seeing it. Regardless of which, uh, that is that's my number uh, number one. Your number one. Um, there's a with the, the top. This happened with uh, top ten areas with me and Allison too, where we had uh, some of the same ones. The bottom uh, bosses and areas I think are going to be a little bit more diverse. Not that it makes a bad uh, uh, kind of time. Even I'm, if rooting, similar. I'm rooting for Manus to be on the bottom. <laughs> the uh, he's Manus. not on my bottom, but he might he might be on Cole. So Cole's the one I'm doing the bottom uh, bosses with, and uh, we'll see if if he, he's not on mine. I don't. I'm not super into the Manus boss fight. Um, but it it didn't end up on my my bottom list. So the um, but yeah, this was uh, this was super fun. Um, hopefully you had fun, Alex. Where did where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me at blighttownbeacon.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, check it out. It is a good fun time. It is funny. Uh, and uh, yeah, and the production is really nice too. I like the little fake newspaper and stuff like that too. If you ever did a uh, uh, I, don't know, I was going to say Kickstarter. I don't know what it'd be for, but it would be fun to have like a single copy of the actual issue. You should look into what it would take to do like a zine. Well, I was, uh, I, I kind of like decided way back when, like a year, because I've been running this now for about three years, and I, at like the end of the first year, I was thinking of like when I finally shut this down, when they finally stop making Souls games, and I'm completely creatively bankrupt, I'm going to have just a full-on compilation of every single one. Printed or something. That'd be really cool to have like a physical copy, like a coffee table book. Mm-hmm. Be really fun. Um, yeah, and and special thanks. Uh, so thank you to Alex. Um, thank you to the people who backed the Souls of Darkness Kickstarter. Um, I'm doing these episodes as opposed to doing a other stretch goal that I made that I do not have the capacity to make. Uh, my eyes were bigger than my stomach, but this is a real. People seem to like these, and these are really fun to do. So I'm going to do as many of these as I have ideas for. Um, so. Uh, you can, if you have, uh, you know, it's not our patrons, it's not uh, the people who listen, it's specifically the people who backed uh, the Souls of Darkness Kickstarter, you have to thank for this. So if you like this, find, uh, run to the first random, you know, 20 or 30 people you run to the street, see if they backed the Kickstarter, and thank them if they did. And if not, uh, I don't know, uh, politely say goodbye. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was, was going to say, just tell uh, them there's a $20,000 stretch goal where Gary will take you to Disney World. <laughs> Boy, that would be really fun. Um, like, I, I'd want somebody to get that just so I'd have an excuse to, like, go to dingy, Disney World. This <laughs> is a dingy world. Dingy world. I'm Banksy. Like the, like um, the BoJack Horseman episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, thank you guys uh, very much for uh, for listening, and we'll see you uh, with regular episodes on Sunday and the bottom ten bosses with Cole uh, as soon as we get that recorded. So, Umbasa. Uh, Umbasa. And we all pray that we will have far more soon.